Coming up on Podcast 1872, Germany extends their EV subsidies, a Tesla recall for reals, and the great holiday getaway. Those stories and more. Stick around. We'll also talk a big EV bus charging centre, the new Hyundai Kona, and why construction companies are going EV. Well, welcome to a new Patreon producer, Tim Ridley. Now, this came through in Aussie dollars, because, yeah, on Patreon, you can use your local currency. I think it helps with taxes and things. And so I'm guessing Tim is in Australia. But, Tim, wherever you're listening around the world, thank you so much for supporting on Patreon. It's how I make a living. You guys know that I need the Patreon, a little bit of advertising. I also make the podcasts for Formula One and some motor racing as well. But I'm actually, no one knows this yet, I haven't mentioned it on the podcast, winding that down from August. And uh, that is to give me more time to work on electric car projects and other things as well. There might be a little change to our home situation. Don't jinx things, but I'll tell you more when I can. And so I'm relying increasingly in the second half of the year and going forward on uh, Patreon to make a living, which is amazing, scary that all my eggs are kind of in one, you know, platform basket. (laughs) Patreon, please don't ever go away. Uh, But I really couldn't do it without the individuals and, and companies that support this podcast, support my work here that spreads the word about electric vehicles, hopefully reaches just a few people that are going to go, you know what, I'm going to go electric. And that is an amazing day at work for me. We do, of course, reach many, many thousands of people every day. And it's thanks to the Patreons like Tim Ridley in Australia that I can do this. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Sunday, 23rd of July. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. Uh, Germany has boosted their environmental bonus. That's their EV subsidies, and they're boosting it to 2.5 billion euros. The German Federal Ministry of Economics and Climate Protection is increasing the budget for the environmental bonus from the initially planned 2.1 to 2.5 billion euros. The ministry aims to ensure the predictability and security for consumers. As of July the 3rd, 1.7 billion euros had been spent of the existing money. Two-thirds of the budget has been used up, even with the increase. The bonus for commercial vehicles will be discontinued in September. The Green Party in Germany supports the idea of ensuring the production of affordable, small, medium-sized cars as well, not just large electric vehicles. The government there received 147,000 applications for the environmental bonus in the first half of this year. Only pure EVs with a net list price of less than €65,000 are eligible. Now, let's talk about one of the most exciting vehicles coming soon. I know it's going to be priced out of some people's budgets, probably mine, actually, to be honest with you, Um, but the Volvo EX90, their new flagship, is so unbelievably exciting because it's a pure EV um, designed from the ground up with electric in mind, with autonomy in mind, with safety in mind, because it's a Volvo. Uh, They've delayed the introduction a, a little, though, by five to six months to the middle of next year because of the autonomy functions. The CEO, Jim Rowan, said on the company's earnings call on July 20th, the delay of their biggest product launch since the e uh, XC40, really, is caused by the complexity of the software code that they all want to write, that they want to write all themselves, rather. Uh, Volvo engineers are integrating the software into the EX90's SPA2 platform that's shared with Polestar 3. LiDAR technology uses laser light pulses to create a detailed image of the world around the vehicle. And Volvo claims that the LiDAR and the other sensors form an invisible shield of safety 
that will reduce accidents by up to 20%. The EX90 is the first Volvo model to include LiDAR as standard. It's optional on Polestar 3, standard on EX90. And it's the software integration. Like I say, Volvo are doing it all themselves. And it's just more work than uh, maybe they anticipated with the original timeline. It's crucial for Volvo to get this right, though, because Volvo is synonymous with safety. Self-driving car sensor Luminar will supply the Volvo sensors, the Iris LiDAR sensor and the Sentinel software. That all needs to be integrated into Volvo's own software in the EX90. And the LiDAR system is part of a suite of cameras, radars and ultrasonic sensors. And it will detect pedestrians up to 820 feet away, even at very high speed. Despite the high cost of LiDAR, Volvo will include it as standard to set the vehicle apart from its competitors. Uh, The Volvo EX90 will be made at Volvo's Ridgeville Production Plant. Uh, meant to be in production this year, delayed by a few months. Volvo saying that LiDAR will detect those pedestrians at highway speeds, and according to them, uh, it it will help reduce those serious um, injuries, and that's a fantastic thing that they put that in. Um, The the implementation of the, the physical hardware, the the eyebrow, the monobrow in the middle, the hump, it's about as good as it gets. I've seen some some bad versions of that the ex90 looks pretty good there's no way of disguising it it's not the best looking thing in the world but it's there you get used to it and if it's safe that's what we want volvo also because they had their earnings call um confirmed that they will not use any other autonomous driving technology from a competitor the likes of tesla because they're doing their own systems. Back in June, Volvo, of course, announced that they would have the North American charging standard, and that gives them access to 12,000-plus Tesla superchargers in the US, in Mexico, in Canada. But when asked on the call if it meant that they would get a closer relationship with Tesla, maybe even use some of their autonomous technology, uh, the CEO of Volvo saying that they do it all internally. Last year, they announced they're taking ownership of uh, Zensiact or Zensiact, a business specialising in autonomous software. All right, moving on. And Tesla is recalling some S's and X's. So maybe if you have one of these vehicles, then um, you know, listen up. And it's a real, it's a, it's a recall for reals. When I've talked about recalls before, I've had Volvo, sorry, Tesla, uh, hardcore fans email me go, it's not a recall, it's a software update. Well, the NHTSA, NHTSA, uh, have deemed this a recall, and it's for the seatbelts as well, not being attached properly. So um, if you uh, check 16,000 Teslas um, affected, please do check, and uh, it'll be a, a quick fix, and they can do that. Tesla also having to recall some of the SXs and Ys because the forward-facing camera is misaligned. Again, it's a quick fix. They, they realign the pitch angle. And it remedies the issue. I mean, it's inconvenient, but they'll do that. No problem. They always do. Now, let's move on. And Proterra, who make electric buses and batteries, along with the bus company ABC and the Californian utility PG&E, have unveiled North America's largest EV bus charging hub on a 3.5-acre campus in Newark, California, near Fremont. There are 20 dual cable bus chargers so 40 buses can charge at once with 60 kilowatts per uh, per cable i think that's great now hydrogen is certainly in the news a lot saw this one come up and hydrogen fuel cell bus 
has caught fire while refuelling. And the Golden Empire Transit Company confirming that their hydrogen bus was being refuelled at the time. The bus was destroyed and the dispenser obviously was destroyed (laughs) as well. Um, Not the whole hydrogen filling station. These things have gone up before and uh, I would go, I would live, I would be nowhere near a hydrogen fueling station. There's been, I think it was one in, maybe one of the Scandinavian countries went up and Luckily, again, no one was hurt. But these these things, I just I wouldn't be anywhere near one of these. Explosions were heard and seen from the tanks on the bus that had been filled, and the hydrogen bus destroyed in the fire was one point one million dollars. One of ten that they are buying again. It, the hydrogen road transport thing is folly. It's ridiculous. Another hydrogen fire uh, explosion. Thank goodness nobody was hurt. Thank goodness that um, everyone got away from that uh, safely. Hydrogen will have a place. Who knows? Energy storage? Aviation, maybe? Don't know. But in road transport, not in a million years. Let's give up on that. Now, the Hyundai Kona is being updated for 2024. Some markets have it already. Some markets don't. Some are getting it next year. It's going to have two battery versions, as it does at the minute. I own the 64 kilowatt hour Ulti Ultimate Spec. That's it. It's a, what's mine? A PL21 is my registration number. So it's 21. Um, It's coming in a 48.4 kilowatt hour battery or a 65.4 kilowatt hour battery. So a bit bigger than at the moment. The new Hyundai Kona has entry-level range of 234 miles, so it loses a bit to the Stellantis cars that have a that battery, but it's a bit more than the new Volvo EX30. Not that that vehicle is out yet. Uh, the long-range model starts at £38,500 for 306 miles of range, and I can confirm having had the Kona now since end of last year, through a winter and a summer, 300 miles of range is about real world that I'm getting. I do city driving, I do motorway driving, and if I'm seeing anything in four miles per kilowatt hour, it's good. If I see fives, it's very good. I never see less than four miles per kilowatt hour. That thing is an efficiency beast. I love that car. And both versions charge at up to 102.3 kilowatts. That's a big bump very decent bump on what the existing cars charge out. Heat pump is standard, and uh, the long-range version will also come in the N-Line and the N-Line S trims. They come next year, by the way, with different wheels and some different styling. The, the Kona is actually a lot bigger. It's 145 millimeters longer, and it's closer in size to the Nero. Now, they've made the boot bigger, and it needs to be. It's going to be the one sticking point for us perhaps later this year. We need. We're going to need a bigger boot. And I'm re- I don't think the Kona's going to take it, and and uh, it, I'm it, it's a shame. I'm trying to work out a way around it because we love that car, but and as, as many long term listeners, it's my dad's old car. So when I lost dad uh, in uh, in March this year, he had to stop driving last year because of his uh, his cancer, uh, which arrived suddenly. And with the treatment, his uh, his eyes went. And uh, so I said, look, I'll buy your car. I'll buy market value. I don't want any family favours. Um, so we did a full appraisal. I paid market price for it, uh, which is, is I, I wanted to do. And... Um, uh, he, I mean, he loved that car. He barely drove it, but he loved it so much. And and I love driving it because it reminds me of, uh, of dad. That can be good or bad at the minute. I'm hoping that it gets better. I know it gets. I know grief gets better in time. But there's there's times I get in it and it's like, oh, now I just feel sad now. Um, I'm hoping that feeling. I'm sure that feeling will go away at some point. But yeah, we might have to change the Kona for a, a bit of a bigger car. And and it's, it, the boot is the thing. The new Kona comes with a bigger boot. 
And the drive controller has moved to the stalk as well, so a bit more room uh, in between. It's not a massive car, but I like that. It's why it's, I like a smaller car. It fits us right now as a family. Okay, moving on. And we're going to talk about uh, why your votes. If you in, are into electric vehicles and you support EVs, your vote counts in America. And why dead EV batteries are a bit of a goldmine. Those stories and more coming up. If you'd like to have skipped the adverts you just heard, you can do that by signing up to Patreon. $5, $10, maybe more um, a month. And then you get your own RSS feed. You copy-paste it into your app on your device. And then it strips the ads out, which is a great bonus for any podcast listener. Now, almost 400,000 EVs were estimated to have been on UK roads over the weekend. Yesterday was expected to be the busiest day ever in this country for charging. Schools broke up this week, so uh, our little one finished his first year of reception school, and that was, uh, he finished on Thursday, some finished on Wednesday, Friday, half days, etc., teacher training days. But big increases in EV ownership means that this weekend was going to be a busy one for EV charging. Moto, the service, motorway service stations, alone were expecting to deliver 1 million EV kilometres of charging yesterday alone on Saturday. They've also launched the Moto Festo, uh, and that is to raise the awareness of the barriers they're facing in putting high-powered EV chargers into their service stations. They say that at the current rate, the industry won't be able to get the access they need to high levels of power unless the government change the way that they work, distribution operators play ball, and charging providers and others collaborate together. I think that's the reason why, if anyone knows this, M3 heading out of London, down to the south coast, we live in Dorset, and the Tesla supercharger there, which has been installed, it must be five years, six years, Tesla supercharger station, just sat there gathering dust because they can't get a grid connection, as far as I know. If anyone knows differently, uh, please film me in. It's heartbreaking every time I pull in. Now, your vote really does count in America if you're into electric vehicles. Uh, politics is a tough one, isn't it? But the uh, former President Donald Trump came out uh, recently to promise a rollback of the EV policies on his very first day in office if he wins. Uh, Trump criticised that Biden policies of limiting greenhouse gas emissions for combustion cars in 2032 and claimed that Biden's clean energy policies uh, will set the stage for the destruction of the US auto industry. Well, maybe Donald Trump hasn't been reading the news, but the move to electric vehicle has bolstered the US car industry. It has created a US battery industry. And with Biden's, some would say, protectionist laws and uh, subsidies, uh, you can argue that one amongst yourselves, but certainly um, the Inflation Reduction Act only prioritises US-made batteries in production. So the opposite could not be more true. Not the first time Donald Trump has lied, and it won't be the last. Donald Trump says that he will save the American auto industry, which is a lie, because it's not under threat. Uh, Trump stated that if Biden's policies are not stopped, American auto production will be totally dead, which is a lie. The UAW, the Workers' Union president, uh, Sean Fain, wrote in a memo that a Trump term and I quote, would be a disaster. That was the quote, would be a disaster. That the American auto industry uh, needs a pro-worker, pro-climate, pro-democracy political 
climate for the working class. It's amazing, isn't it? I, I love watching American politics from thousands of miles away, how this um, this rich man who inherited all of his money has managed to position himself as like the workers' champion. Uh, and, you know, I see so many kind of worker, like working class people saying, oh, I'm behind Donald Trump. And yet uh, he doesn't stand for the working man. And and actually, or maybe he does, I don't know, but the Biden policies have certainly strengthened the US EV industry. And, um, but I guess if you know, if you're a diesel truck driving, non news reading person that believes what your crazy uncle on Facebook told you about electric vehicles, you're probably going to vote for him. But there you go. Let's avoid any more politics for a while, should we? Um, dead EV batteries are like a gold mine, according to the Inflation Reduction Act. It's causing companies in America to scramble to recycle EV batteries. I know the amount of times people have said to me on social media, admittedly, oh, yes, EV batteries last five minutes and go in landfill. I love it. I don't even respond to people anymore. Four or five years ago, I spent a disproportionate amount of time online arguing, helping people understand the truth. Uh, I see people like Robert Llewellyn, who is a rock star in this space from Fully Charged, still engaging uh, with small-minded morons, and he is incredible uh, for having the patience. I don't have the patience to do it anymore. Uh, if, you are, uh, if you are an idiot, I just block you on Twitter. Uh, not mute, block. I don't want to see those people in my timeline. Um, and I've stopped trying to help people. I have a podcast here that talks about EVs all the time. I don't need to try and persuade people who don't want to learn. And so uh, the IRA includes a clause that qualifies EV battery materials recycled in the United States as American-made, regardless of their origin all those years ago. Important, because you can't get the subsidies if you want to buy a new EV unless the battery's American. It's led to the US factory building boom. It's encouraged automakers to invest in America, and it eventually makes it harder for anyone who gets the materials from a non-US country or free trade agreement country to get any money off a car. China, at the minute, handles all battery recycling in, from a global perspective. Uh, the minerals in those batteries, lithium, cobalt, nickel, are, are worth, on average, between 1,000 and 2,000 euros per average-sized car battery, according to BMW. These materials could be in short supply in a few years' time, and so recycling becomes enormously important. The race is on to build so-called closed-loop supply chains, where uh, a battery comes out of circulation in a car, gets recycled, gets made into a new EV battery. China is still leading the race at the minute, announcing tougher standards and increased research support for recycling. But America is catching up quickly. Globally, there's something around 80 or so companies involved in EV battery recycling, and about 50 of those are startups. Uh, virtually all in the last, I reckon, five or six years. Now, moving on. And construction companies are switching to EVs for their operations because they're quieter, smoother, reduce noise pollution and health risks as well. Traditional construction equipment uses internal combustion engines. Diesel, let's face it. It's noisy, there's vibration, and EVs are a better way of... Uh, certainly those operating the vehicles to reduce things like the typical complaints from construction workers. Combustion vehicles cause back pain, uh, sciatica, uh, musculoskeletal disorders, spinal issues amongst these people who operate the machines all day, all week for many years. EVs reduce the vibration, reduce the noise. They are better for people to operate 
And EVs also offer better efficiency. There's no idling with con- construction vehicles that are electric, which is a very common occurrence with combustion construction equipment. Uh, there's about six billion lost gallons of diesel annually, according to one study on idling construction equipment. EVs don't do that. Uh, several construction companies have a lot of EVs in their lineup now, like Komatsu, John Deere, Volvo, and more. Electric equipment. Uh, produces, of course, no emissions, so you can use them in places that otherwise the pollution regulations would you know, forbid those vehicles being in, like, inside buildings, into the basement of a building. Uh, you can do that because it's EV. And finally, I thought I'd bring you this story on a weekend. It's a nice weekend story. A chap called Wesley Johnson. He's a 64-year-old Uber driver, and he lives and works in San Francisco. And for the past four months, he's been trying out a Tesla for his Uber. Previously, he drove Mercedes S550. It cost him about 455 US dollars per month and $1,600 a month on gas alone. The Tesla, in terms of monthly costs, is about $200 a month to charge it. So and he's renting it from Hertz. So typically, he charges his Tesla just once in a 12-hour workday. It costs around $11 to charge the car to about 200 miles of, of Uber driving. Uber's zero emissions incentives pays more money per ride, up to $4,000 per year as a financial benefit to get Uber drivers to drive electric. And renting the EV through Hertz eliminates, he says, the maintenance and any of those things from combustion vehicles. He believes the savings in other areas result in a net positive situation for all Uber drivers who should be going electric. He says he advises other Uber drivers considering EV to establish their charging routine and be conscious of where their trips typically take them to ensure uh, that you can drive consistently. You need to do about 30 trips a week, I think, for that uh, uh, that kind of contract from Uber and Hertz. Uh, but I'm sure many Uber drivers do at least 30 trips a week. Great, a great real-life story there of someone saving money, driving a better car, saving a lot of money per month, and saying that all uh, Uber drivers should do the same. Thanks to our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, Global Public Charging Made Simple with one app and one map, and Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Thanks to our partners, David and Lisa Allen. Thank you, guys, as always. Uh, Yuka or Yuka Kukunen from Shift2Electric.com with the number two. Rajiv Narayan, Michael Lumley, and you can get your battery reports for electric vehicles online now at RecurrentAuto.com. And it's a Sunday, so I'll mention our exec producers, because I love you all. Adrian Bond, Alan Shedd, Alex Banahini, Anders Hove, Andrea Jefferson, Andrew Luoma, Andy Nancaro, and Lillian Cass. Our circular. Bjorn Fuchsday, Bill Calhoun, Blaine McKinney, Blunderbuss Jones, and Brian O'Leary. Brian Thompson, Bruce Bohannon, Chad Lane, Charles Hall, Christopher Bath, Colin Hennessy, and Cameron ZV. Craig Rogers, David Dysart, David Finch, David Partington, David Prescott, DC EV, Ed Cortine, Eddie Regassa, Eric Hansen, and Eru Cuny Nyombi. Frederick Ravik, Gene Rubin, George Chotrolo, Heinrich Leisner, Helmick, 
Sports Helmet Selker, Ian Stillwaters UK Benjamin, Ian Waddy Watkins, Ian Griffiths, Ian Sear, Jack Oakley, Jacob Kuhn, uh, James Penfold, James Store, Jan from E-Mobility Norway, and Jim Morris, John Schroeder, John Vandervoort, John who is Beardy McBeardface at Ken TVs, and John Manchet, Juan Gonzalez, Kester Sandback, Kevin Masson, Lawrence D'Allen, Lee Brown, Luke Cully, Marcel Ward, Nathan Brown, Nathan King, Nathaniel Friedman, and Neely Roberts from Sussex EVs, O'Han Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts, Peter Reiner, Phil Mouche, Philip Forrester, Philip Trautman, Roman Rowledge, and Realtors Choice Photography. Rob has his RS Thinks EV channel on YouTube. Check it out. Robert Grace, Roosevelt Watson, Seiki Payne, Stephen Penn, Steve John, The Plug Seekers EV YouTube channel, Thomas J. Tears, Timothy Phillips, and Tyler Voss. Have a good one tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-judging hybrid.